All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash own your style. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more things. Tight, tighten up your core things. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Okay, happy new year, January 2nd, when this is loaded and just. Wow, we did it. We made it to 2020. It's a new decade. And I thought I would start us off with a little quote. And this is from Edith Lovejoy Pierce. And I'm like, what? Her middle name is Lovejoy? Like, how amazing is that? Uh, And this is the quote that I found. We will open the book. Its pages are blank. We are going to put words on them ourselves. The book is called Opportunity. And its first chapter is New Year's Day. Now I get it. It's not New Year's Day right now, but it's still the start of the new year. And yeah, it's like 2020. You've got your blank book. What is your year going to look like? Like, what are you going to fill your pages with? There is a whole year of opportunity for you. So just wanted to leave you, not or not leave you. I wanted to start you out with that little quote before we get into today's best of episode. Um, I hope you all had a great time celebrating the new year on New Year's Eve, my husband and I celebrated 13 years of marriage, which is crazy. Um, Still in Colorado as you're listening to this, but I'll be traveling home soon. And then, like I said, we'll get into some some brand new content. But uh, for this week's best of episodes that we pulled for you, uh, the first thing is going to be my chat with Trisha Yearwood or one of them. She's been on the podcast a couple of times, but this is where we discuss losing a loved one because I just loved this talk with Trisha. Uh, you know, she got vulnerable and she shared some things and she's just really wise. And it was definitely an episode that a lot of you liked. So that'll be the first thing. The second thing is my talk with Annie Downs, part of it when we talked about the Enneagram, because she just knows a lot about it. And as you're starting out the new year, maybe the Enneagram is something that you want to get into and learn a little bit more about yourself and, you know, filling out those pages, creating that opportunity, what's your year going to look like? And it, when you know more about yourself and 
how you need to be handled and you know more about how you handle others. It can just really help with relationships. Uh, The third thing is Danielle Walker. Uh, When she was on, we talked about a lot of different things. She is an amazing uh, cook and has cookbooks and is living with an autoimmune disease and just has a lot of insight on health and wellness. Um, But we talked about her family and kids, and I feel like she gave a lot of really good tips on um, like how to bond and grow with your family, which could be one of your goals for this year. And then for the fourth thing was my chat with Hillary Scott, uh, well, part of it, where we talk about balancing family and chasing dreams, which also is fitting here. So um, yeah, happy new year. Hope y'all enjoy the best of, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new Q&A episode. And then next Thursday with that like a fresh four things show for sure. So um, yeah, happy new year. Hope y'all are doing well and uh, uh, hit me up on Instagram. I should be done with my Instagram break. I did take a little break over Christmas just for a few days, um, but I'm back on and you can always send me messages at Radio Amy. Um, If you want to check out anything on my website, radioamy.com. If you got a bunch of Amazon gift cards over Christmas, you're looking to do some new year shopping. Well, RadioMe.com. You can see my Amazon page or anything Espoir or Shot Forward or anything like that. So y'all are awesome. We were able to make a crazy donation to Project MediShare in Haiti because y'all shopped Espoir and that we posted about on Instagram. I also run uh, the Shop Espoir account, which is at Shop Espoir. It's really just the Espoir account, but the handle is at Shop Espoir. So if you're on Instagram, you can check out that and see Um, the donation and what we're able to give and the impact that it's going to make. So y'all are just awesome. And I look forward to doing 2020 with you. Okay, here is this week's best stuff. First thing. That's right. From the first thing to this thing, we were kind of having an off-air conversation, everyone in the room. And it made me think about when Gwyneth Paltrow lost her mom, Chris Martin, Coldplay, wrote that's when he wrote fix you do you know Coldplay's song yeah, fix you yeah the song is so yeah powerful i didn't like, know that was why oh, that makes so much sense when it was either she lost her mom or her dad uh, her dad because i think her mom's still alive anyway doesn't matter she lost somebody in her life and she she was so broken and he didn't know what to do and it's like when you're the spouse, I feel like my husband literally, he has known my sister and I since we were young. Like he was, I married him because he was like best friends with my sister. So he knew my mom well, he knew us. So it's almost like he was having to manage both of us and then right. her husband and they're like, what do we do? Like what is happening? And I just, you know, you were with Garth at the time that you lost your mom. I don't know. What about when you lost your dad? Yeah, we were, we were planning a wedding. We were getting married um, in December and that September my yeah. dad passed. So he, we were planning a wedding and we actually, I was going to call, I wanted to call the wedding off. I wanted to move. I wanted to wait Oh wow! because my dad had passed um, in late September and we were getting married December 10th. And Garth was like, your dad was so happy and excited. And I think we should keep it and do it. And I'm so glad we did because, you know, I was just worried about like my mom and my, I just thought, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to be working on a wedding dress. I didn't, I just didn't want to do anything when my dad passed. But I'm so glad we did because it was it was a a real kind of coming together of all the people that loved us. And it's definitely something that he was so for and so excited about. So that was 2005. Um, and so so Garth and also you have to remember that Garth and I have known each other since 1987. So Garth has known my parents for ever. You know, so he knew both my mom and my dad. And then when he lost his mom who was really his cheerleader. I mean, he was definitely would say he's a mama's boy. I mean, that was his person. I think my mom became like a mom for him. So he really did love her. And he was my saving grace with her. He was my saving grace with my dad because I was in New York getting ready to walk a red carpet when I got the call that my dad had had a heart attack. And I was like, and he was not, he, you know, he, I was not, he was not expected. So it was a really traumatic event. I had to get out of New York and I had to get to Georgia. And I just knew if I could get to him, that he would take care of me, and he and he did. When my mom, uh, when I said I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna move to Georgia. I thought my mom was gonna be about a week, and it was two months, so it was amazing. I mean, she actually after she got off chemo, she got better. You know, she got that poison out of her system, and we had some really good time. But he basically moved in with us, oh, wow. and he went back and forth to Oklahoma. Our girls were still in school; he had things things he had to do. But he was with us a lot, and she had this um, little house 
that and we set her bed up in the living room and it had a loft upstairs that we slept in every morning when I would sleep on the floor next to her bed at night, but he would sleep upstairs in the bed and he would get up in the morning and look over the railing. And when she would see him, she would light up and he would just put his arms in the air every single morning. And so he, he made that experience for her great. And for me, great. I I can't imagine again, going back to family, how important it is to have those people that um, are there. And my sister was there. We took turns, you know, so in the small town we were in, it's like, going out to just get out of the house for a while was going to Walmart, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go to Walmart. We did each other's hair. We bought box hair color and did each other's hair. Um, and I mean, it was like, my sisters turned out really good. Mine did. <laughs> I did a really good job on her hair, um, but we had, so, but we, and we laughed a lot. I mean, my mom had such a great sense of humor about it all. And, um, and it was just, it was, it was, again, it was, it was time that I, I think I blocked the things out. They come back to me occasionally that were not good, that were hard, mm-hmm. but mostly just think about the things that we share that were so good. Yeah. And yeah. And thank you for sharing that about, about Garth and just him being your rock. And I just wonder if he had any fix you moments. Cause I feel like that's the mess, the emails or the notes that I get from people a lot is like, you know, my friend or my significant other or whatever, they're going through this and I don't know how to be there for them. And so I think um, like for me, and I don't, I don't know if you would say the same thing, but really it's like you, you can't fix it. You can't, there's, you can't fix it, but you can be there. Yeah. And I think for Garth and then for my husband, like for us, like they were just there. They were present when they could be. And like for my Ben, if I was having a moment where I needed to completely just freak out on life and just like scream and have my moment of like confusion because it was so hard and taxing and you're tired and confused and frustrated and angry. Right. Um, but also trying to like soak up all the good times and like there's so much emotion happening, but he just stayed steady with me and he was firm and he listened and he didn't try to fix. He just listened. Yeah. And so, um, and then for you, like having Garth come, you know, live there with y'all. And then every morning, like cheering in the morning when he would wake up, like putting his arms in the air. Like that's just like being your rock, being your support. Yeah. And I think we all need that in our lives, whether we're married or not, you know, to have somebody that or have a a tribe or a group of people that are your people. Um, And it's hard to know what to do. I mean, I I know a lot of times a lot of people will say, let me know if I can do anything for you, which Mm kind of gets them off the hook. Like I, I used to do that all the time. I'd be like, like if there's something I can do, let me know what it is. But basically, I don't know how to help you. So unless you ask me for th- something, I'm probably not going to do anything. And I don't know what you need. So uh, my Mandy's here. You can't see Mandy, but she's my friend. And a friend of hers had lost a lost um, a parent or a spouse. And we were talking about this. And I was telling her when my dad passed away in, in Georgia, you know, everybody is covered dish. Everybody brings food. And I said, we had a, a couple that were my parents' best friends who they just they didn't ask what what do you need done? They just showed up every day. They took the trash out like things that somebody like, you're just not thinking about like that stuff. Like, so just my advice is to just think of something you can do. And if it is just to be there to listen, because I can't tell you anything that's going to make it better. I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that I've been there. So maybe I can, I know what, where you're, where you're at because I've been there, but I, but you got to go through it and it's, it sucks, you know, and, but to have somebody there that can just listen or just look at the thing that needs to be done. Like if like they're like taking food is such a Southern thing, but it's such a nice thing to do for people because you're not thinking about making a meal for your family when you're going through that. And I think the, just your friends and family, just taking those reins and just doing rather than being having to be told what to do is also such a nice gift. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that you brought that up because that's another thing. And you're right. I've gu- I'm guilty of doing it too to get off. Maybe just maybe get off the hook. It is a way to get off the hook. You do probably do have good intentions. You do. But it's when you say something like, okay, well, let me know if you need anything. It's like, well, yeah, when you're going through that, you're probably, you're not thinking of all the things that you've done. They just need to get done. Yeah. When my mom was at my sister's in hospice and again, we were invading her house and she had four kids, but like her, she had a good network of friends that would just show up. They would start doing laundry. They would start cleaning up after people. They would ask if anybody was hungry, if they could feed them, they would take the kids, yeah, <laughs> take the kids somewhere away um, for a little bit. So yeah, I think All just being intentional, I think that's a good reminder for me and for anybody listening is like, if you know anybody going through anything, if you want to be there, sometimes you just maybe just do it. Yeah. Okay. So 
so far, gratitude wise, we've knocked out just the life that you're thankful for and family. And that trinkled into this just now, but I wanted to kind of, I just wanted to see, you know, what your thoughts were on that on how to be there for people. Cause I feel like that's a question I get a lot. So let's get into third thing that you're thankful for. I want to lighten up a little bit, although it might make me cry anyways. I, do- <laughs> dogs came to mind, you know, um, because I'm big into animal rescue and um, it, you know, kind of happened by accident growing up in the country dogs wander up so you end up being a rescuer because you're just picking up something off the side of the road that's going to get run over if you don't pick it up you know and in Oklahoma um we probably had my most prolific rescue because I was just we were in an area that a lot of dogs got dumped and so I ended up with a lot of dogs and if I didn't find them homes I ended up keeping them and um it's just kind of become part of my heart I've always been that person when I was growing up our um our dad would not let the dogs live in the house. Like they were outside dogs and we lived in the country. And so I was like, when I get my own place, my dog's going to sleep on the other pillow. Like I am going to, this is, you know, I was going to be the complete defiant person. And I was for a long time. And then I married Garth. Garth's a dog should be outside person. Oh no. So our compromise is that the dogs have beds in the house, but they have to be on their beds. So if they get off their beds, they have to go outside And at first I was like, you know what, I'm going to like, I'm going to like, I'm going to work him over. But I also really, he was, he, he was so raised where dogs were in the house at all, that to have them in and on their beds is like a big compromise for him. And what I learned is it's awesome because they, if you come to my house and you want to sit at my table for dinner, you're not going to have a dog trying to get your food. You're not going to have, you know, a dog flying around the furniture and dog hair everywhere. They if and they and they love being outside too so we have a fin- big fenced in yard so when they're inside they're on their beds and they're the most well-behaved dogs and they get to be in and you can go over and play with them and pet them and do whatever you want but um they're in now i will say when gar's out of town they're on the other pillow but you know oh. uh, <laughs> now we know <laughs> i used to think he didn't know and um i know that now he does know so um if you know when he hears this he won't be surprised i think we're um, good i don't think garth listens to this either garth and my dad they're not listening <laughs> they're hanging out right now going what um all he came home secrets one, are he, safe he was in the studio one night just in town and i had the dogs in the bed and it was late and i knew he was going to be coming home but i knew he would usually text me and say i'm headed that way or whatever and he didn't text me that night and um, he opened the bedroom door and like dogs are in the bed. I'm in the bed. Oh. And he's like, I knew it. And I'm like, and I just did that. Yeah, of course they are. They're my dogs. They can be in the bed with me if I want them in the bed with me, you know, and then I got them out of the bed, of course. But it's like, it's just, a, it's a thing and it will always be a thing. Um, but he loves these dogs. Like this morning I got up to come see you. He had gotten up early as he does. He'd made coffee and the dogs are inside. They're on their beds. They were asleep. And he's like, they've been so good. He goes, I'm going to go back to bed and take a nap, but I'm just going to leave them in here sleeping because they're just sleeping so good. Do you have any dog rescue groups that you work with in particular? Or I started doing these tailgates um, in, ahead of Garth's shows in on the stadium tour, and we were talking about charity elements. And I do a lot of stuff with Habitat for Humanity, which we do stuff with them. But also I thought, would it be cool if in every city we could shine a light on Adopt, Don't Shop and really try to... to to get people to be more aware and more focused on if you want a pet, go, there's plenty of pets that need homes. And so we started partnering in every city that Garth does a show in with the local shelters through the Humane Society of the United States. And it's been really cool. So far, um, I just found out last week, the two little puppies um, in Pittsburgh got adopted. So, so far we'll bring a dog in and do coffee talk with him. You know, my little yeah. show I do. Yeah. And um, I, at first I said, no, don't bring a dog in. Cause I'll, I'll take the dog home and I can't have another dog right now, <laughs> but we have adopted out. Someone has adopted out every dog so far that we've put on coffee talk and then it gets people to go to the shelters. And so that's the goal in life is to just try to get more people to, um, if you want a pet to um, to go and go to a shelter, check out your local. Yeah, check shelter, out your local like shelter. wherever you're listening right now. And that's a great thing, too. Like if you happen to know any vets or other ways or friends that might be involved in rescuing or. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and it, it's a commitment, you know, mm-hmm. and there's never you know, it's one of those overwhelming things. You're never going to be able to save every animal and all of that, you know, but um, you do what you can do. And. You know, I never try to push, you know, every time I've picked up a dog on the side of the road, I've always been like, oh, great, because it's commitment, you know, and it's like I call everybody I know and try to give away a dog, you know, but I don't ever push because if because it's a commitment to ask somebody to take a dog Mm -hmm. um, or a cat. And uh, 
and so, but it's it's a great thing. And I will say, having had rescues for many many years, all my life, they're the best dogs. They're the best. Yeah. And I, I love cats too, but I'm I'm really a dog person. I've had cats, but I'm I'm a dog. I'm a, I'm a dog rescuer, I guess. Um, they're they're the best. I think they know. I think they know they've been rescued and saved, and I think they get it. And they're just good dogs. Yeah. I hope people will definitely, if they're considering getting a dog, you know, I'm a cat rescuer that I had to return the cat. So whenever that comes up, I feel like a horrible person, <laughs> but I, we had rescued a Rottweiler and she was great. And I thought she would get along with this cute cat. And I was living in North Carolina, mentoring this kid, Trevion. And we went and looked at kittens one day that were up for adoption. And he was like, I really think you should get this cat, Miss Amy. And I was like, Oh, Trevion, you're so cute. Like I should probably get this cat. So I'm thinking my husband was in Afghanistan or something. So I was like, he won't know for like two months. Like I can get this cat. Well, I go home. So we rescue the cat, me and my seventh grade mentee. And we go home and my dog, Josie, my Rottweiler is not having it. Like at all. It, it was bad. Like I had to lock the cat in the room, like away from the dog. They couldn't coexist. So it lasted about a week. And then I had to call back the people that I got the cat from. And I was like, can I return the cat? Because it's safety. Like it's life is at risk. I'm With, really saving the cat was, by bringing I'm it back. I'm saving the cat. But I was like, <laughs> I felt so horrible because you went in. And so I will say that is sort of a PSA too. Like know your environment and don't act off emotion. Like, because then you're you know, I mean, it was a week and it was a kitten, whatever. So, but it definitely, it was, it was disruptive and I wish I had never done it because it hurt. And I still think about it to this right. day. And that was years ago. And I feel like such a horrible cat rescuer, <laughs> but Josie was glad when I took the cat back and I had bought a bunch of toys and food and I donated that back. And I said, whoever gets this cat gets all these toys right. and all this food. I also think too, a lot of times like with dogs and cats, it, you, you know, pretty quickly if they're going to be able to get along or not. Okay. So now we got through, I think we made it through a third thing that you're thankful for. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop dogs. talking. We, is, it, is it still today or we, is it tomorrow yet? <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I like where that went. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail. For $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. 
I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results... Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Second thing. Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Now, I I am, as long as I've been hearing about the Enneagram, my sister's yeah. been into it for years, I will say that I haven't fully committed to um, the whole thing because here's the problem. I I'm can't ready. really figure out my number. Oh, okay. And I've even had, um, so I've te- done the test. Yeah. I've had Enneagram. Like person, actual ex- experts. Experts. Speak into it. Like listen to me and my husband and tell us our numbers. And I'm just like, don't really think that's my number. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but is that my number? Me disagreeing with the number that I was assigned? I don't know. I know. But because uh, it's just, it's hard. And then my sister, she's really into it and has read all the books and done all the things. So then she, um, of course, has her opinions on my number. Sure, sure. And, you know, that's another thing. How do you feel about people having opinions about your number? Not allowed. I think that's oh, okay. I think that's really... But if it's your sister. But if it's your sister. Yeah. Since when do we get to stop our sisters from doing anything mm-hmm. in our lives? So if you've listened right? to my podcast before, um, then we have covered the Enneagram and I've had Enneagram expert on Enneagram yeah. Hunter. Do you know Hunter Mobley? Yeah. Okay, so that's who Enneagrammed me. Okay. Is that what you call it? Yeah, sure. He you Enneagrammed did. me. Yeah. Um, but he's come on before to like really talk about what it is. And basically it's the numbers are one through nine and it's, what are you're better? No, you're doing great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So it's what it's a, it's a, it's not a personality type really. It's more of there are nine different ways that you see the world that we all see the world. Mm -hmm. And one expert that I really like named Beth McCord says it's like nine different set of glasses that you put on that. So your glasses may be a different shade of the world than my glasses. And the thing that I like about the Enneagram, now I'm a big fan of strength finders. I love strength finders too. I think that's really helpful. I think Myers-Briggs is really helpful when it comes to personalities and work environment kind of things. Do and you how have you do anybody that works for you do those? Yes. Or works with you? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, um, it, when, when we are hiring someone new, we want to know their Enneagram number as best they can self-identify. Um, and we want to know their strength finders and we want to know their Myers-Briggs because there's some things we really need and things we really don't need. It doesn't mean the person's not a good person. It just means that we don't need what they're offering. We're not the right fit for them. And so that kind of helps as we're interviewing and shaping who's joining the team. Um, so of those nine different types, the thing that Enneagram that I found most helpful, one of the reasons I enjoy encouraging people to spend some time learning about the Enneagram is I have, it is very helpful in identifying the motives behind why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And that has been, cause like we could all be in a restaurant there, the restaurant could be full and the fire alarm goes off and we all respond the same. We all run out. We run out for nine different reasons. 
right? Like we run out in nine different directions. We do nine different things um, when we hear the same alarm. And while I might run out because I don't want to get burned because I'm super scared and I don't want anything to hurt me because I'm a, I self-identify as a seven and we kind of, our problem, our core issue is we fear pain. And so I'm getting out because I don't want to get burned, but maybe a nine is getting out because they, they, it's just not peaceful in there anymore. And they're going to keep running because they can't be where there's, where there's so much chaos, but a three is going to run out because they don't want to burn their clothes because their clothes were expensive. You know, I'm just making, I mean, I'm making this up and I'm, uh, no, I'm no, overly I already, stereotyping. I already like it. And you know what I'm thinking in my head right now is you said something earlier. I think in the first thing you said, like, you are really good at teaching people things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> entertaining till they learn something. That's right. Yes, yes. And like, you're telling a very entertaining story that is actually helping me understand oh, the Enneagram better good. where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's like, we're all hearing the same exact alarm, but there's gonna be nine different reactions. Yes. And the reason we can't type other people is is I can't tell you why you ran out of that restaurant. And you can't tell me why I ran out of that restaurant. You can go, I saw you run out of that restaurant. You ran really fast. I bet you're a three. I saw you run out of that restaurant and then you stopped and helped somebody. I bet you're a two. Oh yeah, totally. Twos are so compassionate. Right, right, right. It's like, no, you can't know the motivation behind why I do what I do. And so that's the reason typing other people is a problem. And going, and it's also a reason when someone goes, um, and I'm bad about this, but when someone goes, I... I had a hard time turning in my book because every chapter wasn't perfect. I go, ah, classic one. And then they go, well, yeah, I am a one, but I wish you wouldn't do that because of whatever, you know? And so we also, even when you know someone's number, it isn't always helpful. So one of the people I just ate lunch with is a nine. And um, and we we laughed about who was paying for lunch. And the, the girl behind the counter said um, to the nine, you should stand up for yourself. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's probably true. But I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to mess with that. You know, like I, my, there's a version of me that wants to go classic nine, letting me decide who pays, you know? And, um, and so I just think that that's why it's helpful in my personal life. And I know this is, I think, I think you love onsite too, right? Yes. I'm making that up. Yeah. In my life in the last seven years, I am trending toward emotional health in a better way than I ever have before. And, and that is because of counseling and onsite in the Enneagram. Mm. The Enneagram showed me why I do what I do when I always just thought, why do you always do this? How come every time, I mean, Amy, I was in a dating relationship and I got freaked out. And instead of telling him I was freaked out, I got on a plane and I flew to Florida and didn't tell anybody. Like that's extreme. And that's what got me into counseling. But like, I always did something like that. I always, instead of saying when I was scared, I just ran away. Mm-hmm. Instead of going like, yeah, we should have a hard conversation that may end up with us ending this. Instead, I flew away. Like, I didn't have words for why I did that until the Enneagram helped me understand that there is this innate thing in me that wants to run from that. And a healthy seven, a healthy Annie is one who can be in a confrontational relationship or a confrontational experience and not run away. So there's growth in me when I stay. I I maybe could have learned that language without the Enneagram, but man, the Enneagram was such a fast track for me of how to pursue my own emotional and spiritual health because I do it with God too. Mm -hmm. And so it has taught me so much about me I had a guy on my podcast recently named John Mark Comer, and he talked about this at the beginning, but I do think the Enneagram is probably being overly monetized now. And it's overly, you ran out of the restaurant because of this. And and this is the eight songs that you want on your wedding playlist because you're a four. Yes. You know? Like if you follow Enneagram and coffee on Instagram. Totally. Like There's the, probably mm-hmm. a little too much of that. And we're stereotyping a little too much because it is so much deeper and more profound than that. And so- one of the things John Mark said that I really resonated with is he said, maybe for three-ish years, it's a really good spiritual discipline to bring into your life, to learn it, to learn yourself, and to walk toward healing. After three to five years, it either becomes this like kitschy thing or you need to go real deep into it mm-hmm. and really and like become an expert, a scholar of it. And I'm not into doing that. I don't want to do that. So for me... Uh, as far I, I do feel like I have gained everything I can gain from the amount of learning I'm willing to do around the Enneagram for now. 
So my job now is to say to other people, go learn yourself. Go read The Road Back to You. Go do some studying. Sit with some experts. That's what I need to do. I need to read The Road Back to You. Well, just get it and read. At the start of each chapter, there are there's a checklist of like, here are the here are some things about this number mm-hmm. and their checklist is really robust and it's really helpful. And so I wonder if that would help you just to see that checklist. But but again, I, I, I would never be the person who says you have to study the Enneagram to be a healthy person. I don't think that's right. true. And you have to know your number and tell everybody. In fact, John Mark, one of the things he said is that the, you know, a few generations ago when people were already using the Enneagram, like um, Jesuit priests and such, they wouldn't tell anybody their Enneagram number. It was like so sacred to them. I'm like, man, now we like put it in our Instagram right. uh, bio. It's like, hi, I'm Annie F. Downs. I'm, <laughs> I'm a seven. seven. Yeah, totally. And sometimes I like that, but other times people are like, like I had a, a pretty hard friend conversation with another woman over coffee a couple of weeks ago. And when we sat down, she said, I know you're a seven and this is hard for you. And I want to be like, I'm okay. I'm here. You know, I want to be like, I, I, don't, want, I don't want people doing that. I don't. I don't necessarily like want having someone a preconceived assume. like this is how you feel right now because yeah. you are this. Number. Yeah, but then again, with men, it is helpful for me. Like when I'm interested in and talking with etc. A two, I go like, okay, when if if me and this two are going to work, I need to listen with different ears than seven ears. And there's a lot of other things I want to learn about him and that I'm learning about him, but his twoness is an important thing I'm learning about him. Or if it's a six. And I'm going, okay, I need, to, I need to know some inclinations of sixes, but while I'm getting to know him and getting to know all sorts of stuff about him, how he handles the world through that pair of glasses. I was dating a five and he would disappear for days and not speak to me. And I was panicking. And then I was like, as, as we, when we would have conversations, it would be like, yeah, I just had to think about some stuff for a minute. I'm like, oh, that we're just built so, so different. different. Where yeah. I'm going to like bang on the door of your cave until you come out and you're asking for two days in your cave to think. And and so it, it is so helpful, mostly, mostly, mostly for your own spiritual and emotional growth. To it's understand. secondarily helpful in relationship. Yeah, I'd say similar, but different, but it's kind of when you understand someone's love language that you're yes. in a relationship with. If yes. you understand what they need from you and then why they're maybe doing to you what, and you're like, why, why yes. is this happening? Then, and why do you like, keep washing my car? I don't care. Right. You know? And then it's like, oh, and I he's should. like, why haven't you noticed that I washed your car? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's my exactly. husband. He's a, he's like acts. Yeah. Service. But when I do things for him, his, to receive his acts of service as yeah. well. So when I do little things like so make far. him coffee, yeah. it's like the biggest thing in the world. If he massages my shoulders, mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. Right. Finally, right. I get it. You washed my car, but all right. I need is a shoulder rub. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so to me, Enneagram fits beautifully in that exact conversation of like, here's one more thing. After you learn yourself and you get healthy around your own number, as it is, as helpful as it is for you, um, then use it to love other people better and use it to know other people and put it in the same category as learning their love languages and learning their strengths and learning what they how they take their coffee and learning how they, what happens when they don't get enough sleep. All the things you learn when you fall in love with a friend or a partner, um, one of those things can be the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a coworker or totally. a, all that. Oh yeah, knowing how my, my full-time employee, knowing the glasses she wears into work every day helps me so much. Cause she says, I'll ask a question and, and she will give me an answer. And then two hours later, she'll have a different answer. I was like, well, I already did it based on what you said the first time. But part of it is that she needs more, she needs permission to have time to give an answer. And I was wanting an answer right away. So she was giving me her first answer, but it wasn't her best answer. Mm. And so now we know. And so now I, now I know if I, that I would love her opinion on things and I need to ask two hours before or the day before I really need to know. She can make great decisions on the fly, but, um, but it is more helpful and healthy for her if I give her time. And so as a boss, I want, my people to feel like I am choosing their health over my immediate needs and, and where they both meet is the best place, right? Where, where they can, my employees can be really healthy, but I can also, we can also get everything done that needs to get done. It helps for me to know their strengths, to know their love languages, to know their Enneagram. Yeah. And so if Enneagram sounds intriguing, 
like Annie said, she has all last June. Yeah, the whole had, of summer people on that were each number and then she's going to do it again in 2020. So, but I mean, you've got time to go. I know people always, I love giving people podcasts to go back and listen to. Did you know you're sometimes you're just like, God, I need a good podcast. As soon as it ends, are you listening to the new Dolly Parton's America yet? Not yet. Oh, Amy. It's so good. As soon as an episode ends, I want something else. And so when you, when they finish listening to this, you're giving them like a handful of other things. Boom. Okay. So when we were talking about well-being, mm-hmm. <laughs> like two things that stood out to me, which I thought were awesome, were part of you being your healthiest version is carving out time, purposeful time yeah. with your kids, yeah, and then purposeful time with your husband and and how y'all can refuel yeah. together yeah. and look at whatever you need, whether it's like be alone together, pray together. I'm assuming maybe have, you mentioned having date nights with your kids, which I want to go into more about that, but probably also date nights with my husband, your husband. We try to go once a week. Oh, wow. I know. It doesn't always happen. It usually ends up being like twice a month, but we really do try, even if it's like a two hour dinner. Okay. So since we're on that, let's talk about the husband. Yes. And then we'll get into the kids and those dates. Cause I think that that's, that's something a lot of us probably need to take note of. Yeah. Because my husband and I are not dating once a week. Nope. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not we, happening. I know. It's hard. And we it's been over the last like year or so. I think the more kids we have, the more we've tried to put priority on it just because life is crazy. And, yeah. you know, with working full time and me traveling and we just, our best time connecting is out to dinner and just where we're by ourselves, you know, across the table from each other. And he's, so we've been together since I was 16. So, and he was 17. Um, And so he's my best friend. And like, I mean, I know people say that and it sounds cliche, but like he really is my person and we've grown up together and we, everything we, you know, we've faced a lot together from, you know, just in the the 12 years that we've been married. I'm like, how long has it been? (laughs) Um, So I, yeah, my time with him is so important. And we just feel like we're better parents when we can go out, have our time. We talk about everything from like my business to the kids, to our relationship, to it's just everything. And we can cover it, you know, in dinner. And it's, it's like my favorite time of the week. So how do y'all treat date night? I mean, do y'all you have reservations or just like wherever you feel like going or do you get dressed up? Does no, he, no, I don't just get like, dressed up. I mean, we live in California, so everybody's usually pretty casual. Okay. It's like kind of that California well, casual. I just want to know the rules yes. behind date night once no, a week. It's not like a very formal thing. It's not it's like, just like you're making it happen. Yes. Like okay. he's not like asking me on a date and making reservations or like anything like that. It's like, oh, you, I know because I was like once a week, that's a lot. I know. Yeah. I mean, I maybe mean, every once in a while, yeah. you sprinkle that in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. I mean, we have like two or three places that are our go-tos. We go to them all the time in this, this I'm sure being in California, you have a lot more options of places you can eat out. Although you guys have such good stuff here, you know, I mean, down but does eating out, is that given, you know, something you obviously have to, Yeah, you're not, you're not that person that's like, oh, hey, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I need, do you have any gluten-free options? And And they probably think you're just trying to like take care of your face and you're like, no, 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 No. I legit (laughs) cannot have gluten. Well, so, so like that's, I think we have our favorites that we know are safe. And like in California, you can go to a lot of restaurants and they'll have a designated gluten-free menu, which is really cool. So they'll basically like extract everything off of their main menu that is or can be made gluten-free. And then I just know now the places we go, like I know what I can order. I know what I have to modify. So that's, I think we just kind of go there. But yeah, I mean, we don't do long extravagant date nights, but it's usually like an hour and a half or two hours. And then we come, the, the key is to come home after bedtime because otherwise it just ruins the relaxation of date night because little kids, I have a two or four and a nine-year-old. And oh, good. Yeah. Two and four-year-olds, you know, bedtime. It's like, you just never know what you're going to get, right? They could be asking for things for an hour after bedtime and you're just so frustrated by the time they finally fall asleep. So we always are like texting. It's usually my in-laws that watch our kids or our babysitter. And we're like, are they asleep yet? And as soon as they do, we're like, great, we're coming home. It's like 830. <laughs> we're like Perfect. super early birds. Um, we that don't. Is so wise. Yeah. I don't is... know that. I mean, it's so simple. It but is. Yet... And it's like, okay, I should be thinking of that too, but you don't always, Yeah. sometimes you feel bad like having to have somebody else put your kids to bed, but- They're easier for them. Right. They're easier for babysitters. I swear they go down for babysitters like that because they know that they can totally like play the cards with mom and dad. They're like, oh, I know you'll get me water if I ask. Or like, I know you'll if I say my tummy hurts, mm-hmm. you'll give me a snack. Or mom, I swear- Mom, read to me. Mom, read, yeah, that happened to me song. last night. Mom. One more song. Yeah. One page. Yes. One more page. <laughs> but mom, come back. 
I turn the lights off. I walk out. Mom. Oh, and totally. then you feel like you can't just, no, I feel you can like just ignore every, him. Uh, well, <laughs> you can. I mean, yeah, I was going to say we, we have, we're yeah. like, I'm closing the door if you talk again. I've but. gone downstairs before where I've been like, I'm just like, I'm ignoring it. I can't yeah. do this. I can't do this. I'm tired. I have to wake up yeah. so early. I don't have time for this. My husband's out of town. And, but I'm walking away from him thinking like, I just, this is, he's going to be in therapy one day and he's going to be like, well, no. I used to yell for my mom <laughs> and she, and didn't she would just walk away. No, they will be fine. But um, we also, re- we realized I probably when my oldest, who's nine was little, if we came home, like in the middle of bedtime, all bets would be off. It was like the, the transition from the babysitter to us to then like us being gone and him seeing us. And then it, it just was like, it would take forever to try to get him down. So we learned, we were like, we cannot come home until they're asleep so that there's just no issues. And it's, it's the best thing we can do, honestly. And then usually we'll come home and like, just watch a show together on the couch. Like we're, we're boring date nighters. It's really oh, just no, like, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Isn't it? I'm like, I don't yeah. want to be out late. I don't really want to go see a movie. I just want to have dinner with my husband and I want to come home and like watch something on Netflix. Have so you all watched Yellowstone? No. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I've got a whole list of things that we need to watch. Oh, bump but, that to the top. Okay. Cause I, I've resisted it for so long because I thought it was an old Western. Yeah. And like Kevin Costner's in it as a cowboy. And I literally thought it was a period piece from like back in the day. And yeah. I just was like not into it. But so many of our friends are like, you should watch Yellowstone. And without even really knowing what it was about, I kept saying no. Okay. And then I realized it's modern day. Yeah. In Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so good. Okay. Okay. We'll add it because we've got, and there's only we're two in seasons. like a lull right now where we don't have much to watch. So this Boom. is, okay. Problem perfect. solved. Okay. Yellowstone. <laughs> it's not on Netflix though. It's on, like Hulu we bought it on Amazon. Okay. Amazon's so good. We have too. Amazon Prime yeah, we video. Have it all. Yeah. 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 So do we. But I mean, we're usually so tired that we literally can watch like one 30 minute show a night. I mean, it's, that's yeah. it. And then we're like nine 15. We're like, okay, time for bed. We're mm-hmm. just tired. I know what you is know? binging these days. Yeah. No, I'm no, like, no, if no, I no, watch no. one and a half episodes, yeah. that was a good binge. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm staying up later on my tour right now than I do at home. Like I just, it, we go to bed early. Yeah. Um, okay. So now you we're we go on date nights and we come to come home after yeah. the kids are asleep. Wise tip. But then on there's <laughs> nights that you want to date your kids. Yeah. What does that look like? So I normally do midday for the kids and, okay. and it's like either. And they're one-on-one. It's a, is yeah. it like all them together. Or you no, take one-on-one. Them? Okay. I love the one-on-ones. So I realized, and I don't do it as often as I wish I could, honestly, but when my middle was born, I realized very quickly, like you, when you go from one to two or one to three or whatever it is, that time with your oldest that you had one-on-one is just so different. And I remember really like grieving that because I'm with the baby and I was nursing and it's like my husband kind of took the older one. And I just remember being like, oh, I loved our time by ourselves at the park or, you know, when it's just one, that's, that's what it is. It's just always you. So that's when I started it. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave the baby at home. I'm going to take my oldest Asher and like, just take him to a movie and to, to, um, like get a burger or something. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, my, my kids love to go to like the painting ceramics places. Um, so like color me mine, like things like that. So I usually let them pick. Um, but I try to keep, I I can't do it more than more than like a couple hours more because it's like either they have to nap or I need to get back to work, but it feels like it's just a good amount of time. It's like to go and have a meal with them where you're across the table and there's none of the other siblings and the distractions, the conversation I just feel like is really sweet, even with a four-year-old who doesn't, you know, can't really have that long of a conversation, but like you just can get things out of them that you can't when they've got their brother's sister there. Um, so we do movies, mini golfing. Um, I mean, even little things like, you know, my, my youngest now she's two, but she likes to paint her nails. So it's like a little date with just, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything that they want to do, even if it's just going to the park, just one-on-one time for me, it fills me up. And I think it really fills them up too. They're not trying to figure out how to like get above the noise of the siblings. Um, and I think too, I think like when there is a baby in the mix, it's super helpful for the older ones just to feel like they've got, mom, you know, for a certain amount of time. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. sweet. I love it. So do your kids eat gluten-free? They do. So they're a hundred percent gluten-free and then they eat paleo like 80% of the time, which is just because so that's how I cook. define paleo for yeah. people that maybe don't So know. paleo is grain-free, dairy-free, legume-free, and then refined sugar-free. Gluten okay. is is only in, in wheat and barley and rye, a couple other things. It's a protein found in some of those things. Um, so it's like paleo is kind of a step above. Right. And so no legumes. No. No beans. No, which they just don't ever. I mean, if they were to like, if I were to take them to 
a Mexican restaurant or something, they would probably eat some black beans if they had them on their plate. But right. it's not something I make in my house. Oh my so, gosh. My kids yeah. live off rice and beans, yeah. but they're from Haiti. Yeah. So, right. So that's I like, mean, nor- yeah. but I mean, they love it. And yeah, I do not well, make it near as good as the and Haitians. how old are they again? 12 and nine. Yeah. So, I mean, they've grown up eating that. Yes. Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's... I know that's yeah. their feel good, but there's yeah. no way even sometimes where I'm like, okay, we got to branch out, yeah. you know, we got to, and I try to watch the gluten and I, I don't think they have a gluten intolerance, right. but right. you know, you even mentioned earlier how some parents who have children on the spectrum, like I don't, but yeah. there is something that gluten is doing and yeah. it can affect like sugar and gluten. Right. Like that's, that's why I try to limit it. Yeah. Now I know that I, they don't, it doesn't make them sick, right? but it is doing something to them. Yeah. And it like, sometimes if I can't figure out their attitude or their energy level or yeah, those are all things. So that's how my kids are. They've never been diagnosed with anything. I've never noticed it. I mean, maybe occasional like a tummy ache if they've had it, but not anything like anything big. Um, But their attitude, my oldest is when I, so for years, probably until he was three or four, I was eating that way, but I was giving him everything, like all the processed snacks with wheat and sugar and all of that. And I would notice for sure, like an attitude, like a little defiance, like not anything huge, a little bit of extra energy (laughs) or lack thereof. Like, and so Mm -hmm. since changing, I mean, and and I'm like, you know, I try to take a perspective of this is how we're going to eat at home. This is what I'm going to pack you. But like, if you were at something and especially for the older one, I'm like, if you want to try something, like, go ahead. You know, you don't have anything diagnosed. I would love for you to watch and see like what the correlation is. And he's starting to notice it. Like, he's like, oh yeah, I tried that cupcake at that birthday party and I don't feel good today or, you know, something like that. So because they don't have celiac and they don't have anything diagnosed, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to, to keep it that way, but I also know when they're older, they're probably going to go eat things. But the other thing for me is that autoimmune disease can be hereditary. Oh yeah. And so while they don't have anything now, I also didn't until I was 22. And so my thought is like, if I can get them eating really healthy food that's really nourishing and good for their bodies and that's anti-inflammatory and that's easy to digest, which a lot of things, gluten is just hard on your body to digest and that can cause other issues. So for me, I'm trying to just set them up in a good path for as they become adults and that in hopes that they won't ever be diagnosed with it. Right. So you think as parents, it's wise for us to take a look at that. I do. Even if they don't have anything wrong, there's, there's, I feel passionately, and I don't really have any research right now yeah. to back <laughs> up my feelings, but I just feel like there's something to it. I do. And even yeah. with myself, I don't have a gluten intolerance, right. but I know that I feel better when I'm not eating gluten. Right. Right. I, w- I do eat Ezekiel bread. Yeah. Sprouted. So and so the thing and with sprouted grains, and this is again, like, this is why I st- kind of started to move away from my Against All Grain logo as well, or, or brand name is. I well, I cannot do any grains. I right. do think if you are going to eat them, they should be soaked and sprouted, and that's what Ezekiel does. And that's if you think about it, there was. I mean, it's biblical. I was just going to say. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, people ate grains, but they they the way that they were grown and the things that they were not sprayed with, and the way that they were processed, and then there was no bread being made without those grains being soaked and sprouted and then like ground. And, you know, so we've just taken so many shortcuts in the way that we eat. Even rice used to be, I mean, people would soak it for 24 hours and then rinse it all off and then cook it and beans, same thing, right? It's like soaked for a long time because what that does is breaks down the outer barrier that makes it so hard hard to to digest. digest. Yeah, And it's like with the convenience items now of just buying things in cans or, you know, those, those old practices are not, happening anymore. So I think there's probably some people that can't tolerate grains and beans in the way that we're eating them, that they they might be able to do stuff like Ezekiel bread. And that's kind of what I always tell people. And like, try that first, you know, right. like if you don't have to cut out all beans and grains because you can do them soaked and sprouted, then that's great. Like I would love that <laughs> for myself. Um, but I, so when my kids do eat grains at home, rice is one of them, usually white rice and I soak it and I cook it for them like in a different way so that their bodies can process it. And um, I don't really buy them much bread, but if I were to do it, I would buy Ezekiel bread too. Cause I just think it's so much easier on your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then there's, there's something else I was going to ask you <laughs> how to do with my kids and like snacks. Oh, yeah. I know on your, I need to go on your blog and look, but is there recommendations on there? If like we yeah. have parents listening, yeah. like what, cause sometimes it's, it's a, it's a convenient thing. It's a totally. timing thing. Like I can't make my kids all Everything their snacks. Scratch. Right. Yeah. So and while I know you have some amazing recipes, it's just not ideal for me. So, and now we live in a time where, wow, there's companies yeah. that are actually 
being making thoughtful things, yeah. about that and putting it out there. Right. So do you have... Yeah, there's a list. There's a list on the blog. I'm trying to think. I, I think if you just did the search bar for snacks... Um, they would s- pop up. Yeah, yeah, they would pop up or school lunches. And then there's a whole snack chapter in Eat What You Love. Ooh, okay. And there's a t- all homemade snacks of like re- recreations of like animal crackers and even Cheez-Its and things like that. But then... Cheez-Its? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. my grandma loved Cheez-Its. I loved Cheez-Its. They were and my favorite. And a bottle of Coke. Oh, like awesome. that yeah. was inch cigarettes. I loved... I never was a goldfish fan, but Cheez-Its... Mm-hmm. I could go through, I mean, a box. Those things were so good. So there's a whole chapter of homemade snacks, but then in the back, there's a list of purchase, like you can purchase these snacks to help kind of make life easier on you. Oh, so I yeah. So, that. I mean, you can, whatever you can't find on the blog of, in that chapter. Of the and book, that's an it's e- super helpful. E- yeah, what you e- love, love. Yeah. which is that came out what last, it, it came out in um, De- December. Last December. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's almost been, I know it's crazy. It's going to be this a year. year has flown. It has flown. What's, do you have more books in the works? Yeah. So I am um, currently writing a memoir. Oh. So it'll be much more, it won't be recipes at all, actually. It'll be full story and it'll just be about kind of my whole journey from even food and my relationship with food as a child, but then going into my diagnosis. And I'll talk a lot more about my time in Uganda um, and kind of why we were there. And, and then a lot more about my spiritual and kind of faith journey through all of that. And how it affects my relationships uh, with chronic illness and my diagnosis, and then kind of moves through like starting the blog and the cookbooks. And so, yeah, it's going to be, it's a lot, it's really fun, but it's all, it's very emotionally draining because it's a lot of feelings yeah. that I'm like to Getting have to feel and write. Yeah. Uh, and then I have another cookbook coming out as well, but not until 2021 in the fall. And it'll be like, easy weeknight, 30 minute meals, one pot, you know, like sheet pan dinners. So very, like very easy, minimal ingredients, um, type of dinners. Mm, yeah. Hey, okay. love that. Family wise, it's almost like you have two families. You have, um, you know, your lady, a family. Yes. And then you've got like your family, family. So there's Dave and Charles and then there's, you know, your husband and your three kids. Yes. And so how do you find that, that balance? It, that's a great question. You know, I, um, I think you're always searching for the balance. And I think when you have children and every few months they're growing and changing and their needs are different, you kind of have to just, it's an ever evolving thing, but I will say, I mean, full transparency, I feel like I'm a perforated page. Like if you look at me as in my, I'm a perforated page being pulled by both arms Mm -hmm. from a career and a family careers, pulling the left arm, families pulling the right arm. And, and so I've learned with my personality, like to, to not feel like both arms are not that I'm about to not get split in half. I have to find things that and tools that help me ground and help me um, prioritize and not feel spread too thin. And so that's been what this last season has been for me, like with bringing two new babies into the house and, and at once, and they're the same age and you know, <laughs> twins is just crazy and it's awesome. Um, and then at the same time, like shortly after having twins, we started working on new music and, you know, signed with a new record label and, went on tour and went to Vegas for the residency. So, I mean, there's just been a lot going on at once over this past year. And um, so figuring out that no is, is an okay word to say sometimes, mm-hmm. um, probably more times than we Are think. you typically a yes person? Oh, I'm very much like, yes. Like if you're okay with me, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you so, on the Enneagram? I'm a two. two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So very much like a true two. I, ha- I have a hard three wing achiever, like love to, you know, love my career and love getting to do that and, and being ambitious that way. But, but yeah, to my core, I'm a two. Um, so being able, so some of the tools to help keep you grounded or balanced, yes. so it would be, be knowing that's okay to say no. Yes. What are some other things you do to stay grounded? And knowing that it's, that it's okay to just say what I need sometimes most times, you know, that the, the best gift I can give others is knowing what I need. And that's whether it's to your husband, <laughs> anybody or to yeah. Dave and Charles. Yeah. And like and then mm-hmm. just being able to, to be fully present um, when I am in each place, you know, my, my family hasn't toured with us nearly as much as I thought they would this past year, because I realized like for me to be able to be fully present and do my job to the best of my ability. And above that, what was best for my girls and my husband was for them to be in a home routine. So 
being the the parent that leaves, you know, a few days a week has been um, has been an interesting transition. And, and, you know, my husband and I were in the band together for seven years. He was our drummer. And so we went from being together every single day in our work environment to now, you know, I'm hopping in and out of town and he's full time dad at home. So, oh, wow. yeah. And he is incredible at it. I mean, now, is that something and I'm speaking total like yeah. stereotypes here? This is just no people. If you're listening, don't email me mad. It's not me speaking. This is me speaking for like yes. the stereotype. Because for my husband, for him to, I didn't know if this was something that has it been a struggle or was your husband, was it kind of a no brainer? Like, no problem. I'm going to stay home. Or was yeah. it like, well, okay, I guess this makes sense. Cause I mean, you're an amazing singer and you've got, <laughs> you're in this band and you've got to go and tour. And it's like, that's a life you can't really yeah. just, you know, say, okay, pause. No, well, thank you too. So, you know, cause I'm trying to picture there may be some girls listening or women listening that are in a similar situation and their husbands are like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, yeah. like I work, I'm yeah. a man. Like I bring, I'm the bread and the butter. Like it's, and yeah. it's such a society thing that luckily is starting to get broken. It Cause is. I feel like even for you as a career woman and a mom, like there's probably a lot of times you get the question of, you know, and I was asking, okay, how do you balance your two families? Like yes. you've got Dave and Charles and then your family family. So it's like, you know, when you're juggling that, but I feel like me as a career mom, sometimes it's like, well, how do you do it all? But I mean, nobody's asking my husband how he does it all. Right. That's Nobody. a very good point. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I mean, he's with the kids just as much as I am. And we split and he's working and I'm working and we have, we have a, a nanny and she's yeah. like our third arm. Oh my god! I don't even, I, that word is, I struggled to even say it then because I, I, I never thought I would have a nanny because that's just, I always thought when I grew up because of how I grew up that I was going to be a stay at home mom. Yes. But I didn't know I was going to have the career that I have that would enable me to kind of have my hand in a lot of different yes. things and be the best you for everybody. Yeah by doing that and making that decision. I think, you know, for my husband, um, and I, and to, to kind of answer your question, I feel like every relationship is its own beast, you know, for sure. Um, and, and I think you, as long as you're being honest with yourself and each other, like you'll find your rhythm and what works for your family. But, but for, for us before I met my husband, when he was a little boy, he remembers at eight years old, thinking about how excited he was to be a dad. Oh, wow. And then over the course of his early, you know, teens into college, like he has memories of thinking like, if I ever, if I, my family ever looked like, you know, in such a way that I would need to stay home and and raise our kids, like I would be okay with that. So I firmly believe by God's grace, Mm -hmm. he kind of started working on his heart and totally unbeknownst to him or me that we would be married, you know, and be in the situation that we're in. And so he, you know, he's a unique, um, incredible kind of person to have noticed and recognized that about himself from a very, very early age. And I thank the Lord every single day that he's that way, because there are a lot of men who are like, no way. I love my work. I love what I'm doing. I love providing in this way for our family. But can I tell you like the ways in which that my husband is providing he for is us providing on exactly. a daily basis yeah. are the, this, like I, I kind of envision them like seeds being planted that, that we won't really see them grow fully until our girls are older. Like I, I had this epiphany a couple weeks ago, like my girls are getting their dad every day for the most formative years of their life, like zero to five, my oldest is now six. And I just can't imagine the, how strong they're going to be as women when they get older, how it's going to like direct their path wherever they go, wherever life takes them. Um, And I realized that there will be another season of their life where they're going to like, it'll be like, mom, how do I get through, you know, fill in the blank. And and I am very present and I'm home several days a week, but they're getting their daddy every day. Mm-hmm. And it's so sweet. And you, you have two ways of looking at it. Either you're, you, you get a total like washed over with mom guilt, or you can look at it and go, there's a reason why this is the situation. And there's a, there's a really beautiful reason why. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I'm choosing to look at it because Goodness, I mean, he first of all is way more patient than I am on a daily basis, and and just is the best. And so they're really 
really so blessed to have him as yeah. a daddy. Shout out, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, because you're probably totally listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While you're hanging out. No, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to make my husband listen to this. Not that, not because he needs, he needs to do that. We both have, have it figured out. We both yeah. are having our careers, but it's still both of us. We grew up in that mentality. I did too. Mm-hmm. So it's that stuff where you get to hear how other people are starting to do it different. Yeah. And then also hear their perspective of, like you were saying, there's two ways you can look at it, and and then and then the blessing that it could be. Oh my like, gosh! Look and for I feel the, blessing. the same way about other because we do. We have a lot of help. You know, we have um, a nanny for, and I don't like that word either. By the way, I, know, I always it's so call hard. There is like, like my little girl's best friends, um, and we have someone who tours with us when we travel, um, and then we have. For my twins, they do kind of a little school in our basement of like five days a week. And so we have someone every day for their little school day. And her name is Courtney and she's amazing. And um, and so we have a ton of help and support. And I am so thankful for that. And I did. So this is only the third podcast I've ever done. Oh, and I the two other ones were with Annie Downs uh-huh. and Jen Hatmaker. Oh, and yeah. when I um, spoke with Jen, she told me something that was so incredible. And it was, you know, we're always going to be the moon to our kids as moms. Like, mm. and it's okay for them to have stars. Yes. Like other people in Instead their of life. trying to be the moon and the stars. Yes, you can't be both. Right. You have to pick. And we're always, and, but we don't really get to pick because we're moms. So we're going to be the moon, mm-hmm. you know? And so to get okay with that, and it took me a little bit, um, but now my girls are just these beautiful kind of like beings that have all of the influence of like these amazing hearts that have poured into them since they were born. And I, I love that. My daughter Isley wouldn't be who she is without the, the women who have, who have, you know, hugged her through and, and walked with us through um, our travels and our crazy life. All their little stars. Yeah. I love that. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers. And with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro and shop the latest styles. 
visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. 